You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, church, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm coming to you this morning just in amazement of what the Lord is doing and what He's calling us into and. Well, just after last Sunday, I've been reflecting pretty heavily. Um, just the, the Lord, you all know this, the Lord knows exactly where He's trying to get us to. Before we know where we're going, He knows exactly where we're heading. And it doesn't, you don't understand the pieces of this puzzle that He's, he's building before you until all of a sudden you find yourself standing on the shore of what He's been tr- leading you towards. Um, and that was last week for me and just... All of the words that the Lord has spoken, and especially this song, this song, the, the Lord spoke it through my, through my father as, as I took over as head pastor. He said, the Lord, is, the Lord cannot put new wine in an old wineskin. And he just prophesied that the Lord is making this place a new wineskin for fresh wine. And then I, I began to look back. Since that word that the Lord spoke through my father in this house... I've looked at all the things that the Lord has been teaching us. And can you see how perfectly he's been leading us to this point we find ourselves in right now? There is no better. I I am constantly reminded of this lesson that he taught me um, through Randy um, and Randy's elegant gentleness of just get out of the way and let the Lord do it. No, no ands, if, uh, no buts about it. Just get out of his way and let him build it, right? And he said that to this house and he said that to Randy and he said it to me, just get out of my way and let me build it. Because I'm telling you right now, when we started this journey, I would not have expected us to be where we are. Couldn't have paid me. I mean, you could have, I would have bet anything in the world against you. No, we're not doing what... No way. No thank you. But I've, I've made it a profession of saying no to God and doing the very thing I've said no to. Um, if you want to learn what that looks like, just look at my life. I told the Lord I wouldn't ever be in ministry. I told the Lord I would never live in Lubbock. I, would t- I told the Lord I wouldn't do any of the things that I find myself currently doing on a daily basis. Um, and uh, where we're at today is no different. And, well, I don't live in Lubbock. I thought Lubbock was tiny and too small in a desert. And the Lord just laughed when I said, no, I'm not ever going to live in Lubbock. It's too small for me. He said, you just wait, buddy. (laughs) You just wait. (laughs) You're not going to live in Lubbock. Lubbock's going to be the big city to you in a little while. And it sure is. Church, there is a a community attached to our yes, and there is a community attached to our no. Do we believe it? It is true. It is absolutely true. And there, there is a generation. This is... I love this more. There's a generation attached to our yes, and there's generations attached to our no's. Psalm 25, verse 12. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. Those who choose God, those who say yes, are blessed beyond measure. How many of you know that to be true? Oh, come on now. I'll sit right here like a child until you guys start talking to me. Okay, until I get what I want. I've got three children. I know how to throw a tantrum. Okay, they've taught me well. 
We are blessed beyond measure. I, that's another reason I love the new wine song. Just that state, I, have, I came here with nothing but all that you have given me. And I look at my life and I have nothing without everything that he has poured out on me. There is not a thing in my story today that has not been blessed and given to me by God. Not a single good thing. There's the, the tough things, the difficult things. I, I gave those to myself. The beautiful and wonderful things that bring blessing and, and fruit and new life, the Lord has given me and he's done that for all of us. Amen. Amen. This is the nature of God. He blesses his children. And when he speaks, it does not return void. It continues, it grows, and it expands like a ripple in still water. How many of you have ever dropped a stone in a calm body of water? That little stone and the impact that it makes continues to grow well beyond the size of the impact that it initially made, does it not? That is the nature of God. When He speaks, it is a pebble in the water, but it continues to grow, it continues to expand, and that is the blessing of saying yes to God. It will be the same thing in your story. As you say yes, that decision is that drop of the stone in the still body of water. And it goes beyond what you can measure, it goes beyond what you can see, and it will bless you in abundance, and it will bless the generations that come from you. Because His Word never ceases to expand. And that includes all that He speaks to you. 2 Corinthians 3.17-18 says, Now the Lord is a Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are made for an ever increasing glory. Amen? Amen. From glory to glory. But we must now say yes and move forward. We must now trust without borders. We know his nature. We know that he is for us. So who can be against us? Amen? And then we know, we know that he has not led us Come on, listen. We, he has not led us this far to abandon us now. Can you believe it? Can you stand firmly upon it? It is necessary for tomorrow that you stand upon that today. That he has not led me this far to leave me now. I've still been, as you can probably tell, so captivated by this passage in Psalm 25. And that statement that your children will inherit the land. And I've just sat with the Lord more thinking about it, thinking of the implications of what I choose today and how it will affect them in their days ahead. And this land that is for us right now that we are being prepared for to inherit, we are preparing also for them. And that land is a yes to God. And the Lord was teaching me that today, that my children would inherit a land and what that land would look like is that the only answer they know how to give to the Lord is yes. We have learned how to say no. But what if there's a generation that would rise up that does not know the word when it comes to a response to God? They only know yes. That is the land that we are preparing for them now to inherit tomorrow. That they would only know how to say yes to God. They would never learn how to say no to Him because they would never see it modeled before them. They would see the people that they look up to, that they grow up with, only say yes to God. And that's what we're doing right now, church. We are setting up a generation for victory. 
And we're setting up a generation to understand mysteries of the kingdom that we ourselves have not even come close to scratching the surface of. What a land to inherit, amen? What a marvelous inheritance. Church, we are stepping into big things. But the Lord has led us here. We've said yes and we're moving forward and I praise God for that. I rejoice in that. I am so excited. I love pastoring a people that would rather say yes to God and venture into the unknown than to stick back and stand in what they're comfortable with. I am so grateful for that because that is how we see more of the kingdom in a community. Amen. We cannot see the kingdom of heaven be made manifest before our eyes if we do not trust him. But church, now comes a time for faith. Great faith is required of us in what lies ahead. And we must fight for this faith. We must fight to claim it. We must fight to preserve it. And we must fight to deepen it. We know when it comes to faith that faith is a gift of God, right? We know this to be true. We know in Ephesians, and we'll be there in just a second if you want to go to Ephesians 2, but we know that faith does not simply come in a moment when great faith is required. That is the faith of the world. That when you find yourself in a moment where great faith is required, what is the answer? You just got to have faith. Well, if I come to a house and I want to purchase it and I don't work for a living, and someone says, well, you just got to have money. That's not just going to magically make that money appear in my account. And it's the same with faith. You can't find yourself, and unfortunately, this has been the belief of the church for too long, but we have, this is not the way that we've learned God. This is not the way that we've learned Jesus, and this is not what we've learned to be true about faith. We know that if you don't have it in the account when the moment comes, you will not have what you need to see yourself through it when it comes to faith, because faith comes from encounter. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The first gift of faith came from a moment of encounter with God at the beginning of your journey. The second you said yes and you believed on Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and the newness of life, you had this gift of faith in that moment that allowed it. What is faith? Faith is the trust, complete and total trust in someone or something. Who of us had it in our own power to have complete trust in him before we had an encounter with him? Not a one of us. It was only by his presenting himself to us did we see that he is good and he is for me and he loves me. And then we can put our faith in Jesus in that place. This faith to believe was a gift. So we know that faith comes from encounter. We know this to be true. In your personal walk with Jesus, when has your faith increased? It has increased. I, I would bet anything on it. I know this to be true. It has increased when you've seen God be exactly who he said he was. When you've encountered him to be faithful. Amen. My faith has increased when I've encountered the Lord speak something and I've seen it come to fruition. When I've seen the Lord say, I will do this in you, and then I've seen him do it in me. My faith has increased, and that is because I have encountered the presence of God, the nature of God. Faith comes and it grows when we spend time with him, church. When we seek and find, when we knock, he opens the door. Amen? And church, again, it is time for great faith. 
For too long we have sacrificed, unfortunately, we have sacrificed our fellowship with God for instead a risk-free existence. Why is the Spirit of God such a taboo topic in the Western world when it comes to churches? Why is it so difficult to have a conversation with people about walking in the Spirit, abiding in the Spirit? Things that Jesus spoke and instructed us to do, but in a lot of places, that is rejected. Why? We have sacrificed our fellowship with God for a risk-free existence. We want all of God and the promises that He holds without any of the responsibility that falls on my shoulders. And that cannot be in the season we're, we're, we're moving into. We cannot be rooted. Our relationship with God cannot be rooted in convenience. It's so easy to find ourselves in this place and not even realize it. So, for me personally, I found myself in this place through the pandemic. I naturally found myself just slowly gravitating closer to a risk-free and comfortable and easy existence than the things that God was calling me to, and the things that He was calling me into. It's easy to find yourself in this place. First Timothy 1, 18-19 says, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made a shipwreck of their faith. And then 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. What do we see that made manifest right now? We see that in comfort and convenience in our world today. It's, it's all around us. It's what we gravitate towards. Great things, church, have been spoken over you. I, I enter the church oftentimes from that door, and where that door is, there's a plaque right next to it that, that has the date of when this church started. And then I just think about my, sh I have not really been here. When you think about it, I have really not been here that long. I've only been in Sundown, Texas for eight years. I've, I've lived in most every place else in my life longer than I've lived here. I'm still, still a baby. Still got a long time to go. But I can see clearly. And in my eight years here, the Lord has spoken enormous and magnificent things over this house. And over this community. He has said that this house, he said it, we've witnessed it, that this would be the next, this would be the fourth pillar in the next great move of God in our nation. In sundown Texas, he has chosen this house and the people that fill it in this community of sundown Texas to be one of the pillars that holds up his moving across the globe. That is profound, church. He's seen it. He has spoken it over us. And He has also said that through us, He will establish His presence in every home and in every heart. That this city would look more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city and a state and a country. That sundown Texas, people would say this is closer to the kingdom of God than anything else on earth. Is that not a big thing? I've lived in a lot of places I've never heard that spoken over any one of them. Great things have been spoken over you, church. And if you are here or if you are listening, and I'm a firm believer, I don't care if you listen to this sermon. If you're listening online or if 
in two years, you're going to be listening to this right now on Spotify or whatever platform we have or is made up that we end up putting stuff on. I don't know. But in two years' time, ten years' time, I don't care where you find yourself, but if you listen to this lesson, this word is for you as well. This word is for you as well. The Lord has great things in mind for you. If you are here, if you are listening, the Lord spoke all that he has spoken over this house and over this city with you in mind. Can you believe that for a second? Will you believe it? Amen. Come on. Listen to me. I'm, I'm serious. Do you believe when he spoke? And I, I don't believe there's a single person in here that would not say God spoke those things over this house. But you will immediately after that exclude yourself from those things. But if you are here, if you are warming up one of these seats, he spoke it over you. Amen? Amen. Even if you were not here when he spoke it, he had you in mind because he sees all, he knows all, he is above all. Amen? He spoke it with you in mind. You have purpose here. But for too long, church, we have held a form of godliness in our lives, but we have denied its power. We have denied the power of God. We have been lions on leashes. And now the Lord has brought us to a time where it is time for the lions to get off the leash and live by faith. Amen? To do the things that you did at first. Turn with me to Revelation. We'll be in chapter 2. This is to the Ephesus church. The church at Ephesus. This is important for us. Verse 1, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, write the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works. Church, just hear this as, he's talk, as if he's talking to you. He is talking to you right now. I know your works. I know your toil. And I know your patient endurance. And how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not. And found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. And you have not grown weary. But I have this against you. That you have abandoned your first love. Remember therefore. From where you have fallen repent and do the works that you did at first. If not I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. We must return to the works that we did at first. We must return to our first love here and now. This is not talking about going into the past. We know that we are made for an ever increasing glory. I'm not talking about going and repeating days that you've already lived. I'm not talking about going and, well, I did this one time. Maybe I'll just start doing this again. I'm talking about recognizing that we're made for an ever increasing glory, but for too long that we have not participated in that journey. We've got to get ourselves back on track with this ever-increasing glory path that He has for us. And how can we increase in glory without Him, church? How can we go higher? How can we go further into the glory of the Lord without the Lord? We must return to our first love and, his, and remove all the complexity. We, we are really great at making simple things very complicated. I don't care who you are. It is a talent all of us hold. We make things too difficult. 
We need to return to God, return to that moment of salvation. I remember that moment of salvation for myself as a child, remembering, recognizing that He is good and that He loved me. I'm telling you, if I can remember anything from that moment, I remembered that I knew that He was for me and that there was a great love towards me that I could not understand. We must return to that. If we want to go higher, if we want to go further, we must return to that. We must return to the root of our faith, our personal encounter with Him. Romans 1 verse 1 says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his, through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God and power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. Obedience of faith, obedience to faith. This is the time that we must return to this. Matthew 9 verse 27 says, And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about this, but they went away and spread his fame through all the district. They were a little disobedient after that miracle, but they still saw the miracle. We must have faith to trust God and to trust the God that we know and to allow him to use us as he needs us in this season that we're entering into. This season is not, this is a big thing, church, that is... Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not a good practice that we see in a lot of churches today, and this is not the case in this house, but it, it cannot ever be the case in this house. I am here to be your pastor, but I cannot do these things that the Lord is calling us into without you. They're not mine to do. They're ours to do. Amen? Amen. They are for all of us. There is a role for each and every one of you in everything that the Lord has before us. It is not mine to do alone. It's not Sarah's to do alone. It's not Melissa's or Jay's. It's not anyone's to do alone. It is ours to do and to lead and to walk together hand in hand as the Lord accomplishes that which he has spoken in and through us. Amen? Amen. We must have faith to trust the God that we know. Basically, church, we must pursue him and we must be obedient. We must have faith in the days ahead and faith can only increase. And I'm telling you right now, we need to increase our faith. Because to have trust without borders, you got to be led into some places that are a little sketchy to your eyes and to your ears. It's so funny. We talked about this in Sunday school, but why do you think Jesus prayed that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear? Because what will deter us from the path of God and the will of God the quickest is if we are looking at the world through our own eyes and listening to what it says to us. We will step out of the will of God that fast. So he prays and he anoints that we would have eyes to see and ears to hear. That he would be the one that determines what is before us, not what we see in the flesh and in the natural. Amen? It's important, church. 
There is great faith required to have trust without borders, and the Lord has said that I am leading, in, leading you into a season that will require trust without borders. So that means there will be days that do not make sense. There will be days that seem impossible to reach the end of. But I have no desire for this house to have just enough faith to be obedient for one more step. My dream and what I believe to be true in the heart of God and His design for us in this relationship is to have so much faith in store because we encounter Him each and every moment. We spend time with Him each and every single day. Every breath that we breathe in, we breathe in the presence of God. That is possible for you. Just hear that now. You don't have to come to a building. You don't have to stop and do a Bible study. You can encounter the presence of God because He says He will never leave you nor forsake you. His nearness is closer than the breath in your lungs, than the blood in your veins. He is closer to you than these things. <clears throat> so we can encounter him each and every moment of each and every day, which he, with each and every second, and we are meant to. And each and every moment we encounter him, what does faith do? It grows. It grows like a tree that is being watered daily and regularly. It grows and it will produce fruit. And what is that fruit? That fruit is obedience. But my dream is that we have so much faith in our account, church, that everything he calls us into, it's an easy yes. I'm tired of the days of difficult yeses, aren't you? Where we have to wrestle with the answer for a little bit. We have to chew on it. We have to process it like, oh God, this is going to be tough. I really don't. What if we just lived with such faith that every time he said, I need you to do this, I need this of you, it was an easy and immediate yes. And then what happens when that is the way we live? What kind of land do our children inherit when that is the yes that they've seen modeled? Can you imagine what more could be done if we didn't need time to wrestle with the answer? We've been talking about, we've been in this series for, for months, going on eight months now in this series, because the Lord just won't let us leave it on prayer and worship, the two foundational tools that he's given us for deepening relationship. It, it's what we're meant to walk in as Christians. And unfortunately, as Christians, those are the two things we're the most uncomfortable with. And I love that testimony because Carrie was not seeking vision. She, she was not seeking understanding. She was just simply praising. And the Lord made clear what he would do and there's something to that church if we will just worship and pursue relationship with God on our own, in our own room, just praising God and seeking to know him deeper and encounter his presence, the Lord will break the ground underneath our feet that water could soak into it. Do you hear what she just said? The Lord has given us the answers. If you want to see change in Sundown community, seek me on your own. Seek that you could find, knock, that it would be open to you because your individual pursuit of me, our pursuit of him as a church, we've got a lot of things, a lot of fun things coming as a church, but forget all of that for a second. Can we just be unified in our pursuit of God as a body of believers? Can we just desire him and only him? In Acts 2, 42 through 47, does it say, and they stood on the street corners and they preached the gospel? No, it says they found all things in common. They dedicated themselves to the study of scripture, to the fellowship of brothers, to breaking of bread, to the pursuit of God. And they found favor with all in the community. 
Not because they sought favor in the community, not because they sought to help the community, but because they sought King Jesus, whose heart was for that community. And he broke the ground and the water seeped in and life began to grow from it. Amen? Amen. That is, that, she just, that's the sermon. Okay, that's it. (laughs) If I had known that the Lord was going to do that, I would have just let Carrie do it and said amen and let you leave. Um, But the Lord, somebody needed to be punished, so you had to sit here for longer. I don't know what you did, but that's, that's it, church. There is great faith required for tomorrow and the day after. There's great faith required for what waits for you after you leave this place. And great faith is found through deep and powerful relationship with Jesus. Pursue him with every fiber of your being. Let him be the driving force. Let him be the air that you breathe each and every day. Because in that will there be faith. There will be great and profound faith. But not only that, he has said, you want to see the kingdom of heaven come in this city. You want to see each and every heart find the presence of God and have it at the center of their life. You want to see these words come to fruition. What does it come down to? It doesn't come down to more events. It doesn't come down to us opening a daycare. It comes down to us pursuing God with everything we have and being obedient to what he reveals in our own lives, pursuing him. And praise God that the praise in our personal stories, the praise in our lives, the praise that we do in secret and the praise that we do together will break the ground that the presence of God can water it and nurture it it and make uh, an oasis in the desert. Amen? Amen. Is that not what he has said he desires to do in Sundown, Texas? That this place would thrive when it should not, that it would grow when it should not, that there would be newness of life where there should not be newness of life. Is that not an oasis in the desert? That is what he desires for Sundown. And how does it happen? Not because we try to make it happen, but because we, the children of God, return to our first love and do the things we did at first. We worship recklessly abandoned to self and self-preservation. We we pursue him with everything we have. We allow him to fill our lungs with each and every breath. And the presence of God will water and nurture this community. And we won't do anything but be obedient and praise God. And a world will be transformed because the children of God worship their good and perfect father. Does that not sound like the easiest thing in the world to transform the world? So easy, easy, Carrie. And tell me the last time when you guys were praising God in secret where you were just like, man, that was really a waste of time. Or I really didn't enjoy that at all. Every time I get to be alone with Jesus, I am richly and abundantly blessed. So this is, there's only an upside to this, church. Worship God, the world around you will transform and look like the kingdom of heaven. You just go ahead and worship Him. Great faith is required. So deep relationship is necessary. Will you pursue Him? to make sure that you are one that has deep and profound relationship and an excess of faith that every moment of obedience he asks of you, it is an easy yes. That the ground would be broken and this world would be watered, that an oasis could be made in our midst. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.